Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>Superpod Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 71. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And we, we watched Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Hey. <laughs> you know, I kept I, I went into branching out today. I, I I for a week I've been I've been saying are we, are we already what are we no, drinking? No, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let, let's do that. Look, it's, what are we drinking? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 go ahead. You went into branching so out. So I went go into ahead. branching out today to get our beard. But I realized I did it there and I've been doing it all week. All week I've been saying, oh, yeah, we're watching Scott Pilgrim versus The Universe, which Ooh. was the name of the comic, right. not the movie. The movie Scott Pilgrim versus the World. They wanted to go smaller for the first one. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so. I found myself at Branching a Bottle Shop today, very busy on an early Saturday. Uh, I was in there early. Uh, it was packed. Good for them. Um, they're going on vacation. Uh, looks like a staycation for them. Um, oh, you know why it was busy today? There was a Bills game. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. Makes, Sports ball. Makes perfect sense. So, um, you know, had a, had a little moment of nostalgia talking about this movie. And <laughs> I actually... I thought of the beer before I started looking for it. So, mm-hmm. a brewery that we've drank at least a few times, uh, Collective Arts Brewing. They are yeah. a grassroots craft brewery that aims to fuse the creativity of craft beer with the inspired talents of emerging artists and musicians. Collective Arts Brewing was founded on two beliefs. The first, that creativity fuels creativity. And the second, that creativity yields delicious pints. They feature limited edition works of art, on their beer cans and labels, and they work to make sure the liquid on the inside is as diverse and creative as the artists they profile. Now, this mm-hmm. is a Canadian brewery, and um, 
Which nice. makes sense because this movie takes place in Canada. That's right. They actually have two breweries, one in Hamilton, one in Toronto, which is where this movie's located. But mm-hmm. uh, as I was misremembering the title of the movie, thinking back to the comic book, Scott Pilgrim vs. the Universe, I was like, they have a beer, ransack the universe, which is what we're drinking tonight. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> this is their uh, IPA. It's 6.8% alcohol by volume, 85 IBUs. They use Galaxy, Mosaic, and Citra hops that deliver aromas and flavors of tropical fruits, mango, and citrus. Light malt body lets the hops shine through and finishes crisp but not bitter. A delicious hemispheric hop mashup. And it's an unfiltered beer, so Casey will be taking it slow. That's right. Um, And I'll tell you, as we've said before, um, this brew, so the, the artwork on the cans... Is beautiful. Is beautiful. Really, really is. Yeah. Mine's got this cool kind of uh, king rat or rat Buddha kind of thing going. Okay, yeah, Me same too, one, buddy. Yeah. Ooh, it's That's oh, it's fun. so pale yellow, almost oh, like I, a lemonade. I'm, I'm oh. using our Super Pod Hero <laughs> Cast koozie to keep it nice and cool while That's we right. talk. Ooh, this is gonna be a good one. I'm excited. All right. Well. Uh, All right. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, brother. Oh, I see it in yours. Yeah, that's very pale. Mm. It's mm. that is like New England style, really juicy. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, don't let Danny hear you say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not moist. It's just juicy. Uh, she doesn't like juicy either. <laughs> oh, oh, that is a good I forgot, beer. I forgot how many people were in this movie. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Including two future Arrow stars. Oh, okay. Well, I know there's uh, two members of the MCU, so um, how mm-hmm. cool. There's also two uh, DC folks there. Well, and we got we got your Thomas Jane in there, sure. too. Sure. I, I, yes, yes. <laughs> and the his his partner, yeah, is Nero's second hand. In J.J. Uh, Abrams' first Star Trek. Oh, uh, I like that actor. He, I'm familiar with him as good actor. Yeah, uh, in the Last Castle with Robert Redford and James Gandolfini. He's yes. He's Aguiar. The uh, mm-hmm. he's a good Cl- actor. Yeah, yeah. Clifton Collins Jr. Yeah, he's uh, the one who's holding Kirk over the uh, spoilers for the uh, 11 year old movie. Now uh, <laughs> he's the he's the one that's holding Kirk. And he's like, oh, you're so pitiful. Do you have any last words? And Kirk's like, oh my God, my God. And he goes, what was that? I got your gun and shoots him and he falls down the. <laughs> uh, you, uh, Chris Great Pine. cowboy moment for James T. Kirk. <laughs> you know, uh, I was about to talk about Wonder Woman. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Oh, but we can talk about movie aside. Yes. Move it along, guys. Holy cow. It's really good. It's really, really good. Okay, so, but that's not what we're here to that's talk about. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the Uniworld. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, this movie has been described. So, unfortunately, we we teased it at the end of Toxic Avenger. My brother, Matt, uh, this is one of his favorite comic book movies. And, in, and it is. I think he has said that this is as much, this is actually the best comic book movie there is. I don't know that I'd go that far, but it's certainly... I'm I'm there with him. It's certainly right up at the top there. Um, Now, I'm not sure if we'll get it before 
before this episode drops. But he wasn't able to join us for the recording. Uh, his job, he works in accounting. He had a quarter end period, and he's kind of up to his eyeballs. So there was no way mm-hmm. he could prep. He was going to yeah, see. We are currently recording on January 9th. Um, so yeah, yeah. there's some time before this episode comes there's out. There's some time. So I'm hoping that he has sent us a little snippet of what he loves or hates about this movie. And if he did, you're going to hear it right now. And if you're not satiated by that, and then at the end of this, you're like, I still want to hear more about this, head over to almost all of the other Night Shift Radio, sorry, Andrea, (laughs) programs, um, and we uh, have uh, Left of the Dial talking about the soundtrack to this movie, Yeah, Shift Alt-Q talking about the video game for this movie, and also, Fight Talks About Everything, our Grand Pumba uh, himself, Michael <laughs> Fight, talking about the cultural impact that this movie had. Yeah. This is this is a really cool event. This is the first ever Night Shift broad uh, crossover event. So, uh, yeah, we were like, hey, left the dial people. Why don't you, you two um, tell us your thoughts about the soundtrack to the movie and we'll drop it in here. And Caleb was like, uh, do you want better? Let's get everyone involved. And then poor Andrea was like, no, that's fine. I want to talk about the movie, but I can't. <laughs> that's right. There's no Xylons in this movie. So sadly... There's se- no what? Oh, no. Xylons? Xylons, not Xylons. <laughs> Wait, what did I say? Xylons. You said Xylons. Cylons. Oh, Cylons. Yeah, see, I've never, oh. I still have... Clearly, I still haven't watched the, the <laughs> yeah. uh, premiere. Yeah. I was going to say, in case it's not clear, Todd's never watched a damn episode of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. But uh, this is a really cool event. Um, exciting to get an opportunity to kind of uh, share some common space with some of the other shows on Night Shift Radio. So yeah. go check those out. And uh, I- I'm certainly going to listen to those episodes. I can't wait for them. It's going to be really I exciting. I cannot wait. That's going to be so cool. So that leads us to the IMDb score for this fine movie. Yeah. It is a 7.5. Now, I hmm. think, you know, I saw a quote that summed it up perfectly. When the movie came out, it there were a lot of people who loved it. And it got some critical acclaim, but there were also yeah. some people who panned it. I think this is a scenario where, as the movie has aged, as a 2010 film, as this movie mm-hmm. has aged, it has universally shifted more into the positive range. I think it is far better regarded more consistently today than it was at the release. Yeah. Well, I sat down to watch this. Uh, We're getting some training for Fagan. And uh, after our training, I had said, oh, I'll I'll watch Scott Pilgrim after everyone goes to bed, uh, which means a start time of roughly 9.15. It was 7 o'clock right on the dot when our trainer left, and I just kind of felt it. I'm like, yeah, I got to start the movie now. I'm not going to make it. I'm so tired. And I had to drive to... uh, Monticello on oh, Friday. That sucks. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get it going. And I'm like, there's nothing objectionable in the movie. It's a light PG 13 movie. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing in here that, that, uh, the bean hasn't seen. The bean was on her phone for most of the movie. <laughs> Danny was just thoroughly confused in the beginning of how this was a superhero movie. <laughs> I had to pause and be like, well, it's not really per se. It's a hero's journey movie. But there's so many superheroes in it that yeah, that's yeah. why we're uh, it, so, it gets um, the pass for that. Yeah. <laughs> except now uh, I'll I'll say it when we get to that scene. There was a scene that was really 
strange for Danny and myself okay. involving the bean. So, um, yeah. So you mentioned background. Com- yeah. So this is, this is based on a series of comics by Brian Lee O'Malley, a Canadian uh, author and artist. Um, he writes his stories and, and, uh, the whole, you know, seven evil exes, Scott Pilgrim and the band, all that kind of right from the comics. Um, really early in that, in this property's life's, uh, life cycle, um, it gets picked up as an option for movies. Um, it gets attached to Edgar Wright, the brilliant mm-hmm. Edgar Wright. Um, I have watched the Cornetto trilogy, Shaun of yes. the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The End of the World with uh, both the the boys, and yes. they love it. Uh, in fact, uh, the goon just asked me the other day, when Joseph and I were watching Shaun of the Dead the first time, which was probably at over a year ago, he came in like halfway through. He's like, Dad, could could we, could you and me watch all of Shaun of the Dead? And I was like, of course. <laughs> yes, please. Um, but the, the brilliant Edgar Wright um, writes this and directs it. He co-writes it with a man by the name of, yep, my notes are at the bottom of the page. He co-writes it with Michael Bacall. Who writes? Hmm. Who who writes this screenplay? Also wrote Project X. That was the one oh, about yeah. the yep. Um, twenty one and twenty two Jump Street. Never saw either one of those. Uh, I hear they're great. They're they're really good. And um, yeah. uh, what's his name? Oh, the Channing Tatum. Yeah, the yeah him and um, uh, Jonah Hill are wonderful. Their chemistry is great, but actually. The retired Rob Riggle, the retired yeah. Mar- Marine, yeah, and comedian. Oh, he, he's always funny. He is, yeah, he's brilliant. And uh, what's his name? Um, James Franco's little brother, Dave Franco. Dave Franco's in it. It's it, it, it boy, it, or as or as I like to call him, Mister Allison Brie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, so if you, those are actually those are worth watching. Some night the family goes to bed and you feel like watching something that's going to make you laugh because you will laugh. They're good. Well, I'm everyone's upstairs and I'm sleeping downstairs tonight because everyone will fall asleep in our bed. So got it. Maybe got tonight. It. So it might be tonight. Well, Twenty One Jump hey. Street. You will not be disappointed. Um, but Edgar Wright gets attached to this, directs it, um, writes and directs it. Comes out in 2010. Um, what, what do you got in terms of your almost cast? It seems like what Edgar wanted, he got, I don't, I couldn't find any almost casts in this. I really think he went with who he likes and, you know, one person in there, he was dating at the time. That's fine. Nice. Nice. Do you know who, you know who he was dating? Mm. Uh, was he dating Anna Kendrick? He was. Oh, you can live vicariously through him. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> now, listen. Do you have? Do you have a problem with like? Are you? Are you torn between your your uh, your female crushes? <laughs> There's a couple in here. We got our Brie Larson's. We got our uh, her her speaking accent that she uses in this movie. It's real interesting. Yeah. Like. I'm so used to to Carol Danvers at this point uh-huh. that seeing her play a part like this, I was like, "Yeah, 
Like if any, it's it's the it's the Natalie Portman thing. I think some people don't understand that the way Brie plays Carol mm-hmm. is a choice. Sure, like sure. The subduedness, but she has like. I don't know if with Natalie that's how it was with the prequels. I think maybe part of that was her uh, age and the fact that George Lucas was too busy playing with his toys to give anyone directions in those movies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people are like, yeah, Brie Larson's not a good actor. I'm like, well, have you watched Room? Oh, yeah. I understand you might not like her as Carol Danvers, but have you watched Room? She, she's a phenomenal actor. Have you watched actor. this movie? Oh, she's, yeah. she's so good. Um, now, interestingly, so I'm looking. She must have been a kid. Her first IM, so Brie Larson's first IMDb credit is 1998. The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Oh, Roadkill, Easy Bake, Oven Girl, Girl Scout. So she must have been a child actor. Um, <laughs> she's got oh some God, TV credits that. through the early 2000s. She looks like a recurring character on Raising Dad. I don't remember that show. Um, no. 13 going on 30. She's six. Yes, chick. she's one of the, the the six chicks, which we actually, we I actually just showed the bean. Oh, really? Uh, 13 going on 30. I don't yeah, because she loves, she loves big. And I'm like, well, if you like big, you like, you're it, yeah. like 13 going on 30. Uh, it's, got Mark, it's got Mark Buffalo in it. Does it? Mm-hmm. It's got Mark Ruffalo. It's got Jennifer Garner. It's got uh, Andy Serkis. Oh, I, you know, I feel like uh, I've not it, seen it, that. It, I've not seen that. It may be on HBO Max. Like everything is on HBO Max. If you want to be, if you want to watch Jennifer Garner be ridiculously adorable for an hour and a half, yeah, that's the movie for you. Gosh, <laughs> she's so good in it. Um, up until, but other than that, before this movie. Brie Larson does not have a lot of credits that make me go, "Oh, there's a big, there's a big role for her." I think this is the thing that that started this in Room. R- room, room was, was what? Room was after I think fifteen. Uh, let's see. I think Room is after she's Carol Danvers. Room is no. twenty fifteen. Yeah, and she wasn't Carol Danvers until twenty seventeen. Got it. Okay. All right. Or eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty. I don't know. Fuck. Captain Marvel was nineteen. Yeah, because uh, we because that was the thing. Everyone was like, right. Brie Larson's one of those actors, kind of like uh, Anne Hathaway, that there's just a group of people that hate them just to hate them. They've never actually seen them in anything. Yeah, people are like she's going to be terrible as Carol Danvers. I'm like, did any of you see Room? That, she's fantastic. In she's Room. fantastic. That movie is. She may have won phenomenal. a little thing called an Oscar for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. I just nah. all right. Yeah. Enough about Brie Larson. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So um okay. Uh yeah, so no almost cast. And and I, I love what we're doing with this. We don't we're not gonna really talk about well, we're not gonna talk about the soundtrack as a thing, other than incidentally during the movie discussion. And we don't mm-hmm. even really need to talk about like this. So we don't need to talk about video games. We don't need to talk about the pop culture piece. Our partners you on Night Shift Radio got all yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to be part of a family. That's right. So then let's um, let's end this up with uh, the money. Because, again, you don't get movies without money. So uh, 2010, it's got a budget of $85 million. Only makes $48 million at the box office. So That is criminally insane. It's Yeah. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. This movie's phenomenal. So um, I... I kind of want to just go talk about the movie. Fuck yeah, let's do it. Roll the film. 
Um, did you see the note that the 8-bit Universal logo was done by Edgar Wright's brother? No, was it really? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, because I just was like, oh, some poor intern in the in the art department had to 8-bit this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But his brother did it for funsies. I, I like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, this movie, so again, we don't have to talk about all the pieces because our partners no. in Night Shift Radio, but... This movie is so heavily interwoven. Pop culture, gaming, comics, music. This movie perfectly synthesizes all of those things. So at no point do you ever forget that this started on a page, right? On a comic yeah. book page. Um, I would stack this up against Sin City or 300 in terms of like the looks that we get on the screen feel like a panel of a comic book. You know, uh, Matt has said that this is this is the best comic book movie. Uh, I, I'm not sure I'm there either, but this is the most comic book movie. Sure, sure. This is a comic book. Even to the onomatopoeia. Uh-huh. Right? Like, the fight scenes as he's charging. I mean, you can clearly see that's a comic book panel. Yep. There's a panel. There's a panel. My first note is it jumps right in. And it's nice. Really crisp. Things get going, and we learn a lot. Yeah, kudos to Allison Pill for being able to just give us a whole shit ton of dialogue in that first scene. Yeah. Like, so much information is given there. She's a, she's a Star Trek actor. Is she really? She's on Picard now. Uh, she's the doctor on Picard. She's so wonderful in this. And I'm, she's I don't so know that good. she's on my radar for anything else. She's great on Picard. Goon, Milk, Dan in Real Life. Holy shit, she got 77 actor credits. Oh, that's right. She's in Dan in Real Life. Have you ever seen that? I must not have. I mean, I remember that Steve Carell did it, but I must not have seen it. We've talked about it here. It's Steve Carell, Dan Cook, and Norbert Leo Butts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original uh, Fierro. I'm going to have to go back and... I'm going to have to go back. That's and a good that. movie. That's a real good movie. Yeah, I'm looking at her other credits. You know, I'm not seeing stuff that jumps out like, oh, I, I know that. But she's wonderful. She's really, really good. Yeah. She, the, the whole uh, sex bomb, uh, they're all great, yeah. including young Neil, who it, honestly should just be called Simple Neil. Like, yeah. he's a simple man, doesn't have a whole lot going on up there. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Steven, the talent. Steven Stills, in fact, right? Right. <laughs> Which uh, yeah, which is such a comic book thing. The um, most uh, alliteration, alliteration, sure, sure. But that's also mm-hmm. you know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I mean, Stephen Stills is the Stills. Oh, is that his first name? Yeah, it's Stephen Stills. <laughs> so much so that I had to pause and go to the IMDb page to like, wait, did I hear that right? And yeah, it's Stephen Stills. Yeah, so and he's the talent, which is funny. Yeah, so we we talked about it before we got into it. So. Scott is 22 years old. He's dating uh-huh. Knives Chow, a 17-year-old high school student. Have you even kissed her? We almost held hands once, but then she got embarrassed. Well, aren't you pleased as punch? I don't know what you're talking about. He's in a band called Sex Babam, with mm-hmm. which is a you know what Babam is, right? No, uh, Super Mario Brothers. Uh. <laughs> the bombs in Super Mario Brothers are called Babams. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, so. In the band is Stephen Stills, the talent. Kim Pine mm-hmm. plays the drums, and y- Young Neil. What do you play? Wow, um, Zelda, Tetris. That's kind of a big question. But when when Kim counts out, I'm like, holy shit! Right there, you're like, oh, it's starting, and we get the and credit the, sequence going, and the 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 pullback. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how they did that because at first I'm like, oh, yeah, they're just doing yeah. the. 
in um, Jaws. Jaws, yeah. You move the camera while you're changing the focus. Right, but then it it just keeps going and keeps going. Yeah. Like, did they build the set specifically for this one shot? Because, goddamn it, Edgar Wright, you're a genius. You know, there's a few places where they mix what is clearly animation or CGI, but it's so seamless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we didn't talk about it during the production, but it, it probably warrants a, a mention here. The, okay. the the visual style of the movie, right? Mm. So striking and, so I'm sure there's a film term for this, not realistic, right? Like Hyper-realistic. Oh, hyper-realistic. Okay, that, there it it's is. It's 100% this movie is hyper-realistic. Um, I, I saw a quote from where... Edgar Wright was citing Mario Bava's 1968 film Danger Diabolic, which was an adaptation of an Italian comic series as an influence in how he approached this movie. Here's the quote, and I think it it sums it up perfectly. Um, Edgar said that he took an Italian influence, a sense of completely unbridled imagination. They don't make any attempt to make it look realistic. Mario Bava's composition and staging has a real try-anything attitude. I love that. I was chuckling when I was looking at some of the critical reception to the film when it was released, Mm -hmm. and I saw some reviews that clearly missed the whole point. There was one guy that basically wrote a shitty review about it because it didn't make sense. A character can die and come back to life with no no stakes. like this is a fantasy, right? This and it's also a video game. He grabs the one up. Okay, sure. we'll get to that. We'll get yeah, to that. But, but that guy but, wasn't paying attention to the movie he was watching. Um, but is that all? Isn't that also tradition in Indian filmmaking, in which you can do anything? You're not constrained. You don't have to worry about Bollywood. Being, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and to the point where when Matthew Patel shows up, it becomes a Bollywood movie. It, it sure does. That and, dance number. And, but everything leading up to it, the way they're fighting, the way everything is happening, like we are smack dab in the middle of a Bollywood movie suddenly. It's yeah, just yeah. It's but, delightful. But, you know, in this genre, things don't have to be gritty and realistic. This is mm-hmm. this is fantasy storytelling, and it's storytelling that was on a comic book page where Brian Lee O'Malley could do what ever he wanted, right? Yeah. He, he could do represent these things. It doesn't have to be reality and I, that's what I love about the movie it's from that op- from that opening shot with the pullback where the, where uh who's that young ne- young neil and is it knives mm-hmm. on the couch watching the band yep. Th- that tells you look don't expect that this is going to be like real life. This is not that. And it, it no. works start to finish. After the credit sequence, the band is talking about Scott and Knives, and the band is uncomfortable with the age gap. She seems nice. Yeah. Yeah, she seems awesome. Yeah. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? It's not so much the, the five years. It's what the five years are. Like, my wife and I are five years apart. Who gives a shit? But Sure, sure. It's... It's the five years that they are is, <laughs> you know, we, we should mention, and I think it makes a difference. So yes, he is dating her. They are not physically intimate in any way because there's a point in the movie where Knives says she's never even kissed a boy. We almost held hands once, but then she got embarrassed. You know, yes, I can understand concern. I don't. I'm I'm okay with it. I don't think I'm. It's... I am not. Um, but uh, okay. Uh, uh, there's, okay. There's stuff here in the beginning. There's a handful of things right at the beginning of this movie that I went. Oh, am I misremembering this as an awesome movie? It was all quickly gone by the time Matthew Patel showed up, but. 
you know, when they're walking to that gig, um, what does uh, Allison Pill's character call Scott? The R word. Oh, sure, like, uh, sure, sure. Listen, I understand why people do not use that word as a pejorative today. I totally get mm-hmm. it. But it. This was only 10 years ago. <laughs> yes, yes. But, um, I mean, it's authentic. I, but I get it. Like, I, I don't, I don't. I don't tell someone they can't feel that way about it, but at the same time, I don't feel it's gratuitous. It was hard to figure out who to root for at the beginning of this movie with those couple things happening. Like, I'm like, Scott's kind of a well, dick to knives. <laughs> like, not really listening to her when they're playing the uh, the ninja game. Oh, yeah. And then when the, the game ends, he kind of looks at her like, well... You know, it's like, do you want to continue? And he looks like, oh, you should put a quarter in. Mm -hmm. So not only is he dating a Uh 17-year-old, he's at least letting her pay for the video games. Um, But we shouldn't shouldn't like Scott wholeheartedly at the beginning. He's not a perfect character. He is flawed. He's shallow. He's Uh self-centered. Oh, right. He's selfish. So, yeah, that's he is. Uh I think that's totally fair. It's interesting. I actually think he's a really well developed character for this hyper realistic movie. Well, as the movie went on, absolutely, it has probably been a decade since I've seen this movie. I remember watching it when it first came out on video and being like, fuck, this is great. And then just. Oh. For some reason, has have never revisited it. This is a movie I, I watch probably every year, year and a half. Like, n- I won't always seek it out. Oh, okay, but if I'm like flipping it, channels and it's on, I'm stopping. Is it because of Mary Elizabeth Weinstead? Um, I do. I, I'll tell you that <laughs> I, I don't love her as much as you do. Actually, the, the you son of a bitch. <laughs> the the woman in this that I do have a crush on is Aubrey Plaza. I have. Okay. I've got a thing for her. Yeah. Did you watch uh, Happiest Season? Oh yes, yes. The documentary. No. The wait. Oh no, no, no. The what's Happiest the one? Season, the, the the Christmas movie that's on. Um, oh no, no, no Hulu no. with uh, her and Mackenzie Davis and Kristen Stewart. Nope. And Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis are uh, in a relationship together, and they go home, and it's the uh, the birdcage. They have to pretend they're not together. Got it. Victor it. Garber and is it good? Um, oh, it's great. I really enjoyed oh, no, it. I might and, have to check that out. No, we watched Aubrey you Plaza. Know, we're big. Mm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Aubrey Plaza looks great, and I'm like, oh, oh, damn. <laughs> I I, uh, I have liked her for a very long time. I <laughs> I admire her her biting uh, dark wit. Um, you know, we're big we're big documentary fans. Yeah. Have yeah. you watched the Pistol Shrimps? No, but I know who the Pistol Shrimps are. Yeah. So With, it's on Amazon Prime. So there's the the documentary. Oh, I didn't know they got a documentary. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Oh, d- dude, dude, watch it. Actually, watch that before you watch 21 Jump Street. Yeah, it's Amanda. Wonderful. Um, Amanda Hug and Kiss? No, Amanda Lund. Isn't that the, the, that's the Pistol Shrimps? It's Amanda. The basketball team? No, no. This is a. This is a basketball team in a oh, rec, it's the, a rec basketball league in in L.A. that uh, that real life Aubrey Plaza and these other women are on, right? Oh, with did, Amanda Lund, I, I hang, hang uh, I'm not seeing her on it, but maybe. Oh, uh, yes, it looks like she must be in it. Let me see what she looks like. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's one of yeah. She's one of them. Middleland is. It, um, it's really good. It's worth watching. She does a lot of uh, improv stuff, um, and she is with Matt Gorley, which I don't know if you know who she is, or he is. He is. Um, uh, I was there too. Podcast where he'd interview people who were in um, big movies and small parts. Okay, I was there too. Oh, Matt Gorley. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, yes. Uh, so you asked if if I. Mary Liz responded. Listen, I will say this. I'm I'm not as entranced by her as you are. However, I have never found her as hot as I do in this movie. Oh, yeah. So she, so this movie is top of the game for her in my book. Uh she's also very attractive in um Live Free or Die Hard. I don't remember that one. I'm I, I know I watched it but That's it, one with Justin know, Long. Mark. She's she plays yeah. uh her his daughter. Okay. She is a All badass right. motherfucker in it. <laughs> Everywhere we go in this movie, there, there's no weak spots in the cast. Absolutely there's no not. one in this movie. I'm like, ah, I don't love them. This, Even, this may be peak Kieran Culkin for me. Oh, this is without a doubt his best movie. I hear he's great on Succession, but I'm not sitting, I haven't seen I'm not that, sitting yeah, up for that one. But I hear he, he's great. His is he? I'm curious. Is Kieran Culkin the actor? Gay? Unsure. Unsure. I know. Uh, not that he can't play that. He's wonderful. Yeah, he's great as as Wallace uh, Scott's roommate and bedmate. <laughs> yeah, very brave of Scott to share a bed with a notorious bedwetter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, well, we don't see any two liters of soda sitting around the apartment, so maybe he's safe. I don't want to sleep on the hide bed before. If you have something to drink, you'll wet the bed. Yeah, so, okay. So we're, boy, this is going to be tough. Good luck with this one, man. Um, no, this is how it's going to be. Um, yeah, you know, let's talk about that for a second. The plot moves so quickly. Again, you can see its roots in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Some of the scenes are like seconds, and they clearly establish something. And move on. Yep. So I feel like this is a movie where we don't necessarily need to hit beat by beat because there's so many beats. The plot moves so fast. I think if we try and do that, we're only going to talk about these plot points and not. It's going to become. We're going to get back to book report. I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know who we did miss? Uh, their grand entrance mm. into this movie. Stacy Pilgrim, his sister, played oh, by Anna Kendrick. I mean, don't tell my sister. No me. Who are you texting? 17 years old, scandal. That's not true. Who told you? Wallace, duh. That gossipy bitch. You know me. Wallace! Your favorite. I love her so much. <laughs> you really do. And she's delightful in this. There's nothing not to love. We talked about Aubrey Plaza. That is Julie Powers. Another so this another friend in this uh, group. Remember when we were talking about how it would be great if when Deadpool shows up in an Avengers movie, they bleep him out, do exactly what they do in this movie. And by the way, I can't believe you asked Ramona out after I specifically told you not to do that. How are you doing that with your mouth? Never mind how I'm doing it. Have it be the bleep, and then he goes, what the f***? Oh. And just just have him be like, all right, I'll say freak. (laughs) You know? Something. Yeah, it's so good. And um, so I, I got to admit, and I thought of it, did not, again, work was been, has been uh, challenging lately. I thought about trying to get my hands on the comics to read ahead of today's session. No. Didn't have an opportunity. But I'm assuming that that's what the comics do. 
I don't know. That's interesting. That's an interesting question. The black box over the mouth. Yeah, because, I mean, they were going for an PG 13 by doing that. Mm-hmm. And all the Cornetto trilogies are, because they say fuck all over the place in oh, those sure. movies. So, yeah, that's interesting. The only other movie I can think that did a really good job with that was um, Ocean's 12. Uh, I don't remember that. Don Cheadle is, like, listening to a hip-hop album, and he's in the booth. Like, he's become, a, like, a record producer. He's like, ah, yeah. leave it up. Boop, and it boop, ah, boop. And it's just be- beeping him, beeping him. And then the light turns on, and it's uh, Andy Garcia's and he goes, ah, boop. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza, Julie Powers, works mm-hmm. at a record store. Um, the Clash at Demon Head is a band led by Envy Adams, who is Scott's ex-girlfriend. She dumped him, and it wasn't it wasn't good for Scott. No, it was not. We find out many things about that as the movie goes on. Yeah. Um, Scott, now at this point, uh, this is where uh, Scott... And Knives are at Scott's apartment, but he won't let her in. And he says, mm-hmm. instead, do you want me to show you the house where I grew up? Yeah. And as he goes to take her there, he's got this dream sequence where a rollerblading woman with, is her hair purple at the start or blue? Purple? Purple, uh, green, blue. Purple, green, blue. Uh, sails by. He wakes up in bed with Wallace and Wallace's boyfriend, other Scott. Uh, and other Scott is a Aerostar that I cannot tell you who he is because it is a massive spoiler. Oh, <laughs> so don't look okay. it up. Don't look it up. Okay, Ben Lewis. Okay, I won't yeah. look. I won't look I to the point look. where he's so young in this and yeah. with that chin strap beard. I'm like, who is this guy? I recognize him. And I look it up. I'm like, oh, he's from Arrow. Oh, I can't tell Todd. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, I can tell the yeah. other one because it's not that big. It's just a character that shows up. Um, got it. Got it. The gate guard, one of the gate guards, the second one mm-hmm. at the end when he's like. Second password. He yeah. is Ragman. Cool. Do you know Ragman? Uh, I haven't seen him yet. No, no. But do you know the character from the comics? Oh, no, no, oh, no. Okay. He's, his rags are made out of his ancestors clothes and he's it they really lean into the religious side of his character it's Got he's it. a very cool character okay oh very interesting mm-hmm. i wrote t-i-b-b what was that the toronto international battle of the bands that's it thank you you're welcome so sex babam <laughs> is going to play there mm-hmm. ramona is mary elizabeth weinstead the girl with the uh, purple hair. Oh, yes. <laughs> While Scott's at the library, he sees her in person, and he's like, wait, that's the girl from my daydream. The girl of my dreams. The girl of his dreams, literally, right? He's enchanted. At band rehearsal... Scott, what? You only played one note for that entire song. The hand slip. They go to a party. Como, who's a comedian, he's actually... That comedian, I think, might be one of the announcers for the Oh, is he one of the announcers for the Pistol Shrimps? Oh. Nelson Franklin is his name. Um, Did you see in the notes while you're looking that up who does all the voiceover stuff in this movie? No. Bill Hader. Does he really? Yeah, he's the the thing at the beginning. I think he's all the fight. Get ready. Come I think on. That's all him, yeah. That's brilliant. So he must not be Pistol Shrimps. I'm 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 conflating here, but he he's definitely a that guy actor. Uh, Nelson mm-hmm. Franklin, really funny. And again, much like Kim at the beginning, sometimes when a Tarantino movie delivers information, you're like, okay, 
Here's an info dump coming. We get a lot here. What do you know about Ramona Flowers? All I know is that she is American. American. Why don't you go talk to Sandra Monique? They know a lot more. <laughs> Lady dudes, what do you know about Ramona Flowers? I heard she has a boyfriend. Mm -hmm, yeah, some guy back in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? I heard she kicks all kinds of ass. She's on another level. She has men dying at her feet. She's got some battle scars, dude. What about Ramona Flowers? You know her? Tell me now. She just moved here, got a job at Amazon, comes into my work. Does she really? Didn't you say she just broke up with someone? Did she really? That uh, huge fight or whatever? Did they really? Yes, but I didn't want Scott to know that, Steven. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that girl. Scott, I forbid you from hitting on Ramona, even if you haven't had a real girlfriend in over a year. <sighs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Scott's mourning period is officially over. Totally dating a high schooler. Dating a high schooler is the morning period. It's really crisp and it moves. Now he's back at his apartment. He's on Wallace's computer. And is it's email, email different in Canada? Because <laughs> I know it's 10 years ago, but we, we all had email by then. You know, we never see Scott work. In fact, when he goes on a date with Ramona later, he says he's between jobs. Um, <laughs> Always a promising statement. You know, I'll be honest with you. So I'm I'm much older than the characters here, right? So I'm going to be 50 in a couple months. You um, are. I am. But I'm nostalgic. I'm nostalgic in the way you can be nostalgic for something you you never had, but you were aware of. Mm. This group seems to live in that like early 20s. They don't necessarily have a lot, but they have this rich life. If that makes sense. Yes. You can do that when you live in Canada and you have universal health care. <laughs> well, you've got that, too. Yeah, Scott literally doesn't have his own bed. You know, it's not a euphemism. He and Wallace are bedmates. But, but, but I just feel like they have this, like, young adult life. They're free of their families. Like, they're no longer children in their family homes. Mm -hmm. But they don't yet have a mortgage or a car payment or... Student loans. Well, you know, I mean, like it's that, and, and maybe that period never exists. I, I didn't never have that, but no. it's a very wistful kind of idea. Like, I parts of me for a minute like would like that life. If that makes that, sense. That like I gotta tell you, buddy, that life only exists in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I didn't have it. You know. <laughs> no, I didn't. You know? I definitely didn't have it. I didn't have money, but I didn't. I wasn't also have an abundance of riches. That's by, right. By yeah. not having that money, you know. Um. Yeah. So yeah, um, Scott orders a package. Well, no, no, no. Well, well, yes, but he gets an email first. And <laughs> all right, the email from Patel. It's from Matthew Patel. Mm -hmm. And he says, Dear Mr. Pilgrim, it has come to my attention that we will be fighting soon. My name is Matthew Patel, and blah, 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 blah. Fair warning. Mono y mano, seven evil, blah, blah. This is. This is. This is. What? This is boring. Delete. That hasn't changed, right? Like uh, young adults. So Scott's not yeah. very smart. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, then he orders a package because he because Como told him that Ramona works as a courier for Amazon. And Como is from the office. He was in the office. He was the IT guy. I'm just looking on his IMDb page to see if his character has a name. Nick, and no one could remember it. My name is Nick. Okay, well, Nick, we're in a meeting. Okay, look, I get it, people. I'm the lame IT guy, and everybody hates me. Hey, listen, man, you can't take it personally. You call me man? I just said my name just now. Did you forget it already? No. 
support. It's interesting. Nick slash graphic design guy. He was the graphic design guy when Pam and uh, Michael and Dwight went to the fair at the high school. They double cast him. Are you waiting for the package you just ordered? Maybe. Scott's a little creepy with Ramona. Like, I... I, I get it, <laughs> but also cool your jets, Scott. So, yes, but that is, I think he is just this self-absorbed. He's not thinking about other people because part of the problem is he's dating knives. But they haven't even held hands. Right, but he is dating her, and it's clear that they're dating. They are officially dating. I'm just, I'm saying that because in a moment, Ramona is going to take Scott's hand, and it's a very big moment because they are now holding hands. They go to her apartment. A couple things to point out in the scene. The tea that she says. We have blueberry, raspberry, ginseng, sleepy time, green tea, green tea with lemon, green tea with lemon and honey, liver disaster, ginger with honey, ginger without honey, vanilla almond, white truffle, blueberry chamomile, vanilla walnut, constant comment, and Earl Grey. She memorized it. Did she really? The crew was like, hey, we could make you a sign. And and she goes, nope, I'm going to memorize it. So kudos to her. That's awesome. (laughs) I love that. I love his response. Did you make some of those up? No, they're all real. <laughs> Dude, I'm changing. Ah, sorry. I'm just cold. Like I said, we were watching this. Uh, Danny and the Bean and I were watching this. And she's standing around shirtless. And Danny's like, uh, I'm like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. You yeah. know? And, and then she's in her underwear in bed. And Danny goes, uh. She has a like, bra oh. and panties on. <laughs> right. But just she didn't know where it was going to go. And God. I couldn't okay. remember. So God. we fast forwarded. I wish I hadn't because it's a very positive message in this scene. Yeah. They're about to have sex. Ramona says, I changed my mind. Changed it to what? From what? I don't want to have sex with you, pilgrim. Not right now. Oh, okay. It's not like I'm going to send you home in a snowstorm or anything. You can sleep in my bed. And I reserve the right to change my mind about the sex later. And Scott, without missing a beat. Well, this is nice. Just this. I mean, it's been like a really long time, so... I think I needed this, whatever it is. So, thank you. Yeah, that, it's like Scott's Scott's creep factor went way down in that moment. Like, yeah. and it wasn't in a manipulative way either. It wasn't like, oh, I guess you know, oh, he no, was literally I agree, like, yeah. I, he's he seems a hundred percent sincere there. That was a great moment for him. Consent is consent, people. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it's really sweet. Um, yeah. Now they're both they're both adults. They're both twenty two. They're both adults, and that's exactly you know. Yeah, I I have taken I, not I've taken away I've chosen not to have sex with you right now, but I could change my mind and, be and choose for that. differently. That's right. Yeah. Now the next morning, th- that's reinforced, right? So, uh, so it's the morning after. Can this not be a one night stand? For one thing, I didn't even get any. That was a joke. Which is a funny line. <laughs> that is funny. Yes. He invites her to the battle of the bands at that point. It's a funny line because it wasn't like oh, it's it's. This, you owe me. I hope this wasn't. Yeah, yeah, this was. I hope this wasn't a one night stand. I didn't get any. And if we're going to be a one night stand, I want to have sex. He's just pointing out we didn't have sex. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it, these are the moments where you, despite his flaws, you like Scott. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. His, his stock went way up with this scene. Sure. So I, 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 you know, went back to watch what happened afterwards. I was like. Damn it! This is this is something my daughter should have seen. That, that you reserve the right to to say we're going to stop now, and the response should be exactly what Scott says every time. That's right. That that is a great message. I didn't even think of that, but you're right. That's a, the, right. Well, on. you don't you don't have a daughter, so yeah, that's right. That's right. 
So, yeah, they go to the Battle of the Bands. Um, Knives starts telling a story right when Sex Bob-omb starts playing. Knives? Uh, how did you meet Scott? <laughs> well, I was on the bus with my mom. <laughs> I, I love Mary Elizabeth Weinstein. Is that seriously the end of the story? <laughs> so that, that actress... Uh, it's I, fantastic. Yeah, Ellen Wong. I, um... I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've seen her in anything since. I'm sure we have. Um, 28 actor credits. Wow. Oh, she's on Joe. She's on Glow. Jenny Che. Oh, that's right. I was going to, I did look that up. She's, she's Jenny Che. Yes. Whoa. She does not look. So I see the picture of her now. Wow. That's. Well, it's the same thing with, um, uh, we were talking about it on our five timers club stream. Yeah. That. Uh, what's her name from Karate Kid Two? Yes, the is, Dan, is Daniel's Commodore, daughter. No, no, not Daniel's daughter. Oh, Daniel's love interest from Karate Kid Two. Yes, is Commodore O like? Spoiler alert for Picard: the big bad inside Starfleet. Oh, is she a bad like, guy. I saw her. Oh yes, <laughs> she's a Romulan. Ooh. Um, Romulan, you, you at least know that about Star Trek that Romulans are always bad. I thought they were like the I thought they were like the neutral between humans and Klingons. No, you don't fuck you don't fuck with the Romulans. Really? Well, yeah. I thought they, I thought I always thought like humans are good, Klingons are bad, and Romulans are like neutral. Move it along, guys. So yeah, that this is the end of the story, and then who shows up? Matthew Patel. Mr. Pilgrim. Oh my God! I don't know who this actor is, but he is delightful. So his name is. Uh, so my apologies if I get it wrong. Satya Babha. He's an English actor, obviously of Indian descent, um, but East Asian. East Asian. No, India. East Asian descent. Oh, e- oh East Asia. And where is India? <laughs> What's that? In East Asia, where India is in East Asia. Yeah, but India is more specific than East Asia. East Asia includes. Other places beyond India. Yeah, but we okay. try and go in broad stroke. Okay. Um, I, I may be wrong. That's what I've heard is that it, it the proper terminology now is East Asian. Okay. All right. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. No, no worries. Um, he is... So, he's brilliant. I looked at some images. From what I can see, the way he presents on screen is you might as well have plucked him right out of the comic. Like the the bloused trousers with the boots, the hair, the pose. What's up with his outfit? Yeah. Is he a pirate? Are you a pirate? Pirates are in this year? Sin City comes to mind, the way that they they captured the frames of the comics. Clearly, um, the visuals of of the comics is is driving this. And I I don't know if he is the first X, first deadly X that Scott has to fight in the comic. For Evil X. Yes, he is. But... Oh, so great to start with him in comics and also in the movie because it's almost like, hey, if this is too much for you, this is where you need to get off. Because <laughs> we're going to dip down into more reality, but by the end of this movie, this scene's going to seem like the most grounded thing in this movie. Yep, yep. Every let me, I'll say this right up front in case I miss it. Every single fight scene in this is is wonderful and exciting and creative and tells a story. <gasps> Which one do you one, not love? A, you're your heroes. 
Chris Lucas Lee, are you kidding? The end. The end. The 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 resolve to him uh, uh, beating Lucas is just kind of like. <sighs> I, see, I love. See, now that may be right out of the comic. That may be how he defeats him in the comic. So I don't know. But I, it for me, it just didn't jive. He, as yeah, he does. He crashes down the Baldwin steps in the comics. In the comics, yeah. Okay, so you can't fault Edgar Wright for taking it right from the. But it source. It just wasn't for me. You know what I like about Scott? Scott is he might be narcissistic and self centered and a little bit callous, um, but he's 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 clever. Mm-hmm. And oh, one hundred percent. You know, I read. His 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 the way he defeats Lucas Lee Chris Evans, you know, is just as clever as the way he defeats Todd. Why is it always fucking Todd? By the way, sorry. Yeah, uh, uh, but, and, but and, and what is Todd? He's a he's a he's a super vegan. Yeah, he's a vegan. Yeah, <laughs> you you know I'm pulling that yeah, four drops anytime you start talking about your plant based whole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, listen. Didn't you know? Todd's vegan. Believe me, I'm watching that laughing, envisioning how I'm going to hear about it 100%. But the uh, the battle with Matthew Patel is actually arguably the, it's actually the simplest battle, which is good as the first one. It's a good introduction yeah. to what we're going to get. So uh, you referenced it earlier. It does become a Bollywood-esque musical dance number. Sure, with the including with the demon goth chicks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end, it's the same. It's the same actor playing all the demon goth chicks, right? They just uh, uh, double her over. I believe so. If not, they found a type, and (laughs) they found four women who looked exactly the same. Well, but there's like there's at least like what ten of them. I mean, there's a bunch. I thought there was just four. I think there's no, I think it's like there's like a couple rows of yeah. Um, it's a perfect video game boss battle. Right. And and during it, you know, the the fun thing that they do with with all these fights is it it's not just like here's your evil X. Mm -hmm. They explain like because Matthew Patel is such a larger than life character, even for this movie, mm-hmm. Scott like calls out Ramona and like, "How did you date this guy?" And she gives the backstory. It was football season, and for some reason, all the little jocks wanted me. Wanted me. Matthew was the only non-white, non-jock boy in town, so the two of us joined forces and we took them all down. We brawled and scrapped and fought for hours. Nothing could beat Matthew's mystical powers. We only kissed once. After a week and a half. Told him to hit the showers. Dude, wait. Mystical powers? She'll date many of these people for a week and a half. Like, so that's a theme. But did you also catch the theme of every single one of the exes has the number that they are on them or around them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lucas has the tattoo. I mean, before Roxy. Todd's is pretty. Todd's is pretty straightforward. He's got a giant fucking three on his shirt. Yeah, yeah. It's um, the visuals are just so great. Um, Scott defeats him, and again, back to this like hyper realism, right? Or mm-hmm. fantasy, I would call it, right? But um, he explodes in a shower of coins. That Scott, I believe, picks- they're supposed to be loonies because it's Canada. No, no, it's even so. A loony is a is a is a Two dollar. A toonie is a two dollar. A loonie is a one dollar. A loonie is a one dollar. He only gets a man two forty. 
not even enough for the bus home. So with all those coins, they got to be like low. Oh, small. that's right. That's right. I'm just thinking at the at the end, the final boss he defeats. It's they look like loonies. Oh. So maybe oh, the, probably, maybe it goes because up that's in also price. seven. Yeah, seven billion points yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Sex Bobom wins this round of the Toronto International Battle of the Bands. They do. Great callback to that email. Matthew Patel is when he's ready to fight Scott. <laughs> Scott has no clue what's happening. He's like, "We're fighting over Ramona." It's right up there with Lee Pace in Guardians when, <laughs> with the. What are you doing? He <laughs> completely drops the giant I'm Matthew Batali. He's like, Didn't you get my email explaining the situation? I skimmed it. And Matthew snapped back into big, boisterous Matthew Batali. It's so fun. You will pay for your insolence. We get the rest of the rules for this universe on the bus, right? So Scott and Ramona are taking the bus home. She explains, If we're going to date, you may have to defeat my seven evil exes. And Scott keeps saying his you have seven evil ex boyfriend. And she, every time, seven evil exes, yes. And I have to fight defeat. Defeat your seven evil exes if we're going to continue to date? Pretty much. Back at Scott's apartment, we get the Seinfeld audio drop with Kramer's entrance as Scott enters in the way that Kramer enters the apartment. We're full sitcom here. Someone's happy. Well, someone got to second base last night, and someone has a second date tonight. Someone's lucky then. You know when I say someone, I mean me, right? I got to second base last night. Maybe first and a half. Uh, we get a soundtrack, like, from a sitcom laugh track. Uh, did you catch when it stopped? No. When he turned off the stove. Interesting. They're, they're applauding, and he says something, and, and he goes, and they just, it all goes away. Oh, I, I Such totally a cool that. little moment. I was like, God damn it, Dad, you're right. Why are you a genius? He fucking is. Uh, so Scott is giddy. Um, he's going to have Ramona over. Wallace tell Scott, you have to break up with knives. Poor angel today. Scott's not interested in that, but it's hard. Wallace leaves, uh, Lucas Lee, who is a skater turned actor. He's making a movie in Toronto. Wallace is obsessed with him and he's going to go down to where they're filming. Who's Lucas Lee? Oh, he was this pretty good skater. No, he's this pretty good actor. Hey, listen, Wallace, I see it. <laughs> it's fucking Chris Evans. <laughs> so it's Chris Evans 2010, which is only two years after Iron Man. Caps 2011, the next year, right? Uh, that's what I'm looking at right now. Um, First Avenger is 2011, yeah. So, <laughs> so, like, Marvel looked at this movie and went, that's our Captain America. <laughs> well, you know what it is? You know, my theory. They saw him in... Fantastic Four, that cocky, brash, and he's delightful as Lucas Lee. Oh, he's so good. He's just as entertaining as he is in Knives Out. He's got, he in this movie, he's got the Hugh Jackman furrowed brow. Oh, yeah. He does the furrowed brow just like Hugh does it. Where it's like, they're so close together, they're almost a unibrow. With a chin strap beard. Got the worst. (laughs) So, Scott and... Ramona end up down at the at the set mm-hmm. or the 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 scene where they're where where they're filming. they take a walk yeah, yeah. they take a walk. Um, there's some funny bits. So the the date at Scott's house is. Oh, I'm looking at my notes here. It must be they must jump around. They go. Scott calls knives from a payphone. They're at the records and, and breaks up with her. Oh, so that must on be, her birthday. So that conversation with, with Wallace must be in the morning of that day. 
That's what it is. Yeah. Okay, that's in the morning of the day. Because he's like, you have to leave because I have a date tonight. That's right. <laughs> um, do you remember when, um, oh, shit, what was the what was it called? The lip sync app that was pretty big there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, J- uh, Jib Jab. No, not Jib Jab. Oh. Hang on. It's Dub Smash. Dub Smash, yes. Uh, I remember that that was a thing. I never had it, never used it, but I remember that that was a thing. Reese Witherspoon, with her daughter, did the... Garlic bread is my favorite food. I could honestly eat it for every meal. Or just eat it all the time without even stopping. <laughs> you get fat. No, why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat? It's really good. I will try and find it, and we'll share it when this episode comes out. I'll be honest with you. I actually had that line highlighted in my notes. Bread makes you fat. <laughs> That's freaking... It's hilarious, yeah. To the point where I'd forgotten it was from this. For some reason, I thought it was from Mean Girls. Oh, sure. I can see... Oh, yeah. I can see why that... Because yeah. Michael Sarah has a... a you know, a higher registered tone to him. So <laughs> sure. I thought it was um, yeah. the uh, Rachel McAdams. That's funny. So Brett makes you fat. <laughs> so, you know, what we also skipped S- Scott sings a song to Ramona. Well, it's right after bread makes you fat. So uh-huh. we didn't skip it yet, but we skipped it. Cause we're going back oh, to sure, the day. Sure. 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 Um, uh, hey, Scott, tune your fucking guitar, man. Oh, it was like nails in the fucking chalkboard, both Danny and I. <laughs> Danny goes, oh, God, oh, no, tune it, tune it. And I'm like, yeah, that's but bad. But it's not, but literally the song is Ramona. Ramona. Yeah, I understand, and I'm prob- probably it's out of tune to make it more pitiful, but don't yeah. do that to musicians. <laughs> <laughs> that's not nice. So after what Scott clearly had hoped for as a... As a phenomenal date, he's gotten oh. in his head. So now he's going to bail, and they they go on a walk. He's going to go find Wallace down where Lucas Lee is filming his his movie. Mm-hmm. So as as and like we said, yeah, yeah. Oh, go so, ahead. No, so so we they they arrive at where they're filming, and Lucas Lee, Mister Chris Evans, steps out of his trailer as the Universal Pictures music plays. And again, so fucking perfect. Now, I can't imagine that that was in the comics because I no. can't imagine there was a caption, you know, Universal Music Plus. <laughs> but Universal yeah. is the company that distributed this film. So fuck it. They can put it wherever they want. <laughs> but it's so perfect and it so fits with the rest of the ways that, you know, we're melding these media. Hey, I'm talking to you, Scott Pilgrim. He's famous and he talked to me. The only thing keeping me and her apart is the two minutes it's going to take to kick your ass. From the moment Chris Evans appears on screen to the moment he leaves is delight all the way. 100%. Uh, Some highlights to point out here. I believe the head of his stunt team Mm -hmm. is Chris Evans' actual stunt person. Like the guy that goes on to be his stunt person for Captain America. I'm pretty sure I read that. No kidding. You know, I would not be surprised by that. Because there are a lot of stunt people that are linked to a specific actor just because of their body type. Like Chris Hemsworth has had this, I believe, the same stunt person for every single Thor appearance. I I don't know if that was always a thing, but it's certainly a thing now. I told you about that one guy. I'm going to misremember his name. Um guy I started following on Instagram um, that has done, he's the he's Black Panther when Black Panther is doing mm. 
stunts. Well, um, he's sadly going to be out of a job. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> uh, but yeah, but there's this fun, there's this whole funny bit, and again, it can happen because this is not reality. This is this fantasy world. Um, so why does Lucas Lee need that many stunt people? <laughs> well, so the fight, but so so. Obviously, Lucas is the second evil ex. Right. And he throws Scott into the set, like literally up into like the Disney castle. Uh, no, that is. Oh, right. He throws him into the Disney castle and then throws and him then through. Do you get the joke there, right? Oh, when he throws him through the, the screen. New York or skyline. And then you see the Toronto uh, needle. No. Because Toronto is often used. As a double for, for New, New York, York City. Got it, got it, got it. Rumble, uh, like, Rumble in the Bronx, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> oh, so many movies yeah. are shot in Toronto and are supposed to be uh, Short Circuit. Oh. Two. Got it, got two, it, got it. Not one. Two, two. There's a lot that's shot in Toronto. Um, so after that, Scott, Scott goes to grab Lucas to basically confront him and... As the, he turns around, it wasn't Lucas; it was his stunt man, which is this funny yeah. bit. Um, and then, not only does Scott have to fight his stunt man, he's got to fight his seven stunt men. And again, the fight scene here beautifully choreographed, beautifully shot. I call party foul. He's only supposed to defeat the seven evil exes. No help from the peanut gallery. Bullshit. The henchmen? Oh, I think, hen- listen, they're bosses. Bosses have henchmen. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Scott defeats them handily, seven to one. And as Lucas is walking away from the fight, which is, I mean, he's so funny there. He's such a self-absorbed douche. Mm-hmm. He's got his phone in one hand. It gets a bing. He looks at it. Oh, that's actually hilarious. Like, he's, he's so douchey. He's called out to Mr. Lee. And he turns around, and of course, Scott is standing in the middle of the seven stuntmen who are all prone. He kicked the shit out of them. You're needed back on set. So now it's Lucas versus Scott, and it's yeah. just as entertaining of a fight. How fun must it have been for Michael Sarah? Because he's never going to play an action star again. That's just not the kind of character he is, or the actor he is. And he's there's a ton of this that's actually him fighting. It, very much so. I, this is well before deep fakes. Uh, there's places where you it's that's his face on a body that's spinning with that's a kick. Yeah, I, I don't know what his background is. I don't know if he actually has a background in martial arts. He looks phenomenal on film. He does a great job, yeah. Yeah, and and you're right. He's not uh, he's not in the next Bourne movie. There's there's no way that's happening. <laughs> he's not the new Jason Bourne. That's right. So Scott can't beat Lucas, right? He could beat his stuntmen, so he's got to outsmart him, right? You are a pretty good actor. I'm going for the Oscar this year. But are you a pretty good skater? I'm more than pretty good, I say. I have my own skate company. Can you do a thingy on that rail? It's called a grind, bro. So can you do a grindy thingy? So, of course, he tricks Lucas into uh, grinding these massive steps, and he reaches 309 kilometers per hour and explodes at the bottom. How fast is that in uh, miles per hour? Uh, Well, it's, what, it's about 0.6, 309 kilometers KPH two miles per hour is uh, three hundred nine is one hundred ninety two miles per hour. So he's fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. He's got he's got that vibranium shield. Oh wait, oh not yet. he's son of a bitch. So yeah, he defeats Lucas Lee. Scott starts looking around for Ramona. She's nowhere to be found. She's not answering his phone calls. Um, is Ramona the first person to ghost someone? 
like using the actual te- definition of ghosting someone? Uh, well, mm. I'm just trying oh. to make a fucking joke. Sorry. <laughs> Got it. Sorry. Sorry. The phone rings at one point. It, he thinks it's um, Ramona. It's not. And then there's a knock at the door. He thinks it's Ramona, but it is. Knives. And she's calling right. from right outside the front door. <laughs> yeah. So as Wallace is saying, Scott here. Oh, uh, you know what? It's got literally dives through the window. <laughs> you know what that's called? No. A cowboy switch. Really? Yes. Because he opens the door all the way and you see Michael Sarah, then he closes it and then someone else jumps through. That was one of the times that being looked up. And she's like, Can we rewind that? I'm like, Yes, we can. Yeah. That was hilarious. So, <laughs> and then he reaches back in the window to grab his coat. Yeah. <laughs> So as Scott is walking down the street, he gets attacked by a black streak. It's tremors. <laughs> Except they're in the air. Luckily, they're in the air. Um, after it goes by a few times, he kind of times his punch and uh, disrupts the path of the streak. Except it's a girl. Punch me in the boob. And who is that girl? But her? <laughs> it's her. It is her. Roxy is... Is the girl. The actress's name is Mae Whitman. Mae Whitman. She's the little girl in the first um, Independence Day movie. Oh, really? She's the president's daughter. Did not even remember that. Well, that's okay, because they recast her with someone who uh, is a supermodel in the second one, and I call motherfucking bullshit. (laughs) You know how many acting credits she has? So she's uh, born in 1988, so she's Uh 32. She's got 156 acting credits. Uh, she's done some voice work, has she not? Yes, yes. She's a voice actor. What? Oh, she's Tinkerbell. Really? Yes, she's Tinkerbell. In like the all. legend of the the new. Yeah, all those. Yeah. No kidding. Good. The the Never Beast. Where? <laughs> oh, she's also Wonder Girl in Young Justice. Oh, I haven't gotten to that part of Young Justice yet. That's the season that dropped only on DC Universe and is now on. Um, HBO Max, and I haven't gotten around to it watching it. It says 2012 to 2019. Oh, she, maybe she's only in the 2019. Yeah, that's the funky thing about IMDb. Oh, no. She starts in 2012. She's got credits she in 2012. She did? Yep. I may have to go back what? and watch the whole Cassie series. Sandmark, which is not a, Wonder Girl, yeah. Young Justice all, is a phenomenal show. It's really, really fucking well done. I think we watched season one of that. That's like the re, It's not the anime style. It's the real, like, r- traditional animation style, right? Uh, yeah, it's not it's not yeah. Teen Titans Go. It's not know. Teen Titans it's, Go, yeah. It's wonderful. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, she's also in DC Superhero Girls. She's Batgirl. Yes, she sure is, with her dad being the principal of the school they go to. Oh, no. That's, a, that's funny. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, you're right. I'm seeing lots of, lots of shorts and lots of uh, voice credits, but um, good for her. Prepare to die, obviously. He's very confused as to what she's even doing there or why she's mad at him. Uh, well, Scott, if you pay attention to what Ramona's saying, <laughs> that's right. You wouldn't be so confused. He does not battle her to the death at this point. She does a we get an onomatopoeia path, a Batman smoke bomb, and she disappears. Mm-hmm. But not before warning him that he should be ready next time, because next yeah. time she'll be deadly serious. Next time <laughs> he goes to meet up with uh, his sister Stacy at the coffee shop. <laughs> Now Edgar Wright loves to do these the quick whoosh, 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 yes. with the cameras. This may be one of my the ones that is the funniest because he turns 
to talk to Anna Kendrick. It is actually um, Aubrey Plaza. He quickly looks out the window. There's a knock on the window outside the coffee shop. It whips around. It's Anna Kendrick. Sorry, I have to go. <laughs> Just runs away. And Julie bitches him out. With the wonderful sensor bleeps that we were talking yeah, about yeah, before. Yeah. Ramona appears mm-hmm. and she, you know, she's kind of got that sheepish. She disappears sometimes. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. 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 She knows what she did. She's mm-hmm. not, she's not playing a game. Like she knows what she did. I, yeah. She's pretty much like, yeah, I do that. Listen, I know I can be hard to be around sometimes. I totally understand if you don't want to hang out anymore. No, no, I, I want to hang. It's. I read that as she doesn't. She recognizes that it's not something to like about herself, and she she owns that. But yeah. she's powerless. We know later on that she's powerless, right? Yes. Like, yep. Yeah. Um, they're interrupted by Scott's ex. Your hair's getting shaggy. Yeah. So, that's Ramona. Yeah. Okay, I'm jealous. He called her Natalie. Everyone now calls her Envy, the amazing Brie Larson. Yeah, I wrote Brie Larson is a treasure. Um, Very interesting that uh, she does not have an alliteration name. Yeah. Envy Envy, Adams. Envy Adams. Yeah, you're right. You left me for that cocky pretty boy. You haven't even seen him. I know. You left me for someone I've never even seen. Maybe you will see him. We're playing Lee's Palace. You should so totally come. Envy invites Scott to the Clash of Demon Heads gig. Yes. And we are introduced at the Clash of Demon Heads gig to one Mr. Brandon Routh. Motherfucking Todd. Why does the douche always have to be named Todd? But honestly, if you're going to have a douche play you play your namesake in a movie, you get Brandon Routh yeah. because he is a goddamn delight. <laughs> You know, he has the ability to be funny while playing it totally straight Mm -hmm. in the same way that, like, Jason Bateman does. You know who he he also reminds you me a lot of? Who's that? Christopher Reeve. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If he's got that, if they ever did a Christopher Reeve biopic, just cast him. Like, it's technically already played Christopher Reeve. I mean, Superman Returns is a continuation of the Superman. No, 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 but I mean, actual, like, uh, you know, Christopher Reeve biopic. Yeah. And you're going to get introduced to him pretty soon in uh, Arrow, and he's just a fucking delight. Yeah. uh, He's the the Adam. He's Ray Palmer. Sure. And he's wonderful in this. So he, Scott and Ramona have the realization at the same time in the show. That that is the Todd that is a significant figure in both of their lives. Uh-huh. It's Envy's boyfriend who she left Scott for, and it's also Ramona's third evil ex. Yes. So they're uh, at the uh, green room after the gig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice realizes. <gasps> I've kissed the lips that kiss you. And for some reason, Todd just cold cocks her one. He punches her. Holy, not even punches. Like, I don't want to sound like Sean Connery here with the whole, you know, an open hand is better than a closed hand. But it's like a, I'm going to, Muhammad Ali, I'm taking you down, Joe Frazier punch. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And his response is like, I'm not afraid to hit a girl. I'm a rock star. And a vegan. That's right. And how hard did he punch her? He punched the highlights out of her hair. He punched the highlights out of her hair. Now we need to go back because when she dyed her hair, that's the scene where the bean started quoting it line for fucking line. Inflection and everything. Oh my God. He 
ginger chick. I hate her stupid guts. He only likes her because she's old. She's probably like 25. Oh, she's just a fat ass white girl, you know? I think you mentioned she was fat. She's got a head start. I mean, I didn't even know there was good music until like two months ago. Hey, this really burns. You should rinse. When I got this idea, I just thought I have to do it. I can't hear anything you're saying. Oh God, Did I look so good. She is saying it right along with it, like she has watched the movie. 100- How does she knows that? How does she know that? That's what we asked her at the end. I literally paused when we went time out. Bean, how do you know this? She goes, it's on TikTok when people dye their hair. I went, oh, oh God, I thought we were in some sort of weird alien possession. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like she's doing it and Danny and I are just looking at each other like, what the fuck is happening with our child? <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, punches the die right off. So her. funny. Yeah. So Scott attacks him, but can't even land a blow because... Todd's vegan powers has made him a Jedi. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> His eyes glow white and he can manipulate energy. Yeah, and it's it's not even a contest. Until Scott <laughs> has the idea to put some iocane well, powder in Oh, we know. Not iocane. Well, hang on. Well, he's like Todd tells him, "I partake not in the meat, nor the breast milk, nor the ovum of any creature with a face." Short answer, being vegan just makes you better than most people. That's when I laughed and groaned, knowing I was going to hear that later. Oh, we, we skipped a bunch of stuff. We, we should... It we, doesn't... But, but, nah, but what's, what's it? And Knives starts dating... Uh, um, young Neil. No, young Neil. <laughs> to win Scott back, yeah. I, I love the... Uh, Who is that girl again? Scott dated her. Briefly, briefly. How old is she? Because there's Brandon's a roulette. We only get stuck in between. I have to pee, and I know her. I gotta pee on her. I mean, I gotta pee. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh no. That's right. Yeah. That was Brie Larson singing. Yeah, "Black Sheep" is the name mm-hmm. of the, is the song, and it's catchy. We only hear a little bit of it, but I'll be honest with you, I would listen to that song. She's one of the Avengers cast that uh, secretly has a really nice singing voice because um, Scarlett oh. Johansson also. Is a really good singer. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. She sings in, uh, is it Lost in Translation? I think so. When they go to the karaoke bar. Her in mm-hmm. the karaoke bar, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Todd's vegan. When Ramona and Todd were dating, <laughs> he punched a hole in the moon. But in the comic, right. it's something else. He punches a hole in the moon for some other reason. Okay. I can't remember what. I saw it, and then I, I forgot to write it down. I like when Todd punches Scott all the way up into the sky, and he comes down, and he goes, If I peed my pants, would you pretend I just got wet from the rain? It's not raining. Oh. <laughs> That's right. It's not That's raining. Right. That's right. So Scott bails, and he goes he goes back into the theater, and now it's a battle of the base. And Scott is no match for Todd's base abilities. No, it's it's uh, it's crazy. Funny, funny thing. I'm also a base player named Todd. And a vegan. Who's a super vegan. <laughs> you right. said it. Yes. And I'm, be- and, I'm, and I'm better than, no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Todd. Scott has the grand idea to uh, give him uh, Iocane powder. In his no wait no milk that is one hundred percent my note yeah. as well Princess yep. Bride yep so uh, yeah he he puts soy milk in one cup of coffee and he puts whole milk in the other one or two percent half, half and, and half. half oh even worse okay and Todd's like dude I can see in your mind's eye that you put half and half into one of those coffees in an attempt to make me break vegan edge I'll take the one with soy thanks to Actually, muchacho, I poured the soy in this cup, but I thought real hard about pouring it in that cup. 
you know, in my mind's eye or whatever. What are you talking about? You just drank half and half, baby. Right when Todd realizes he is now drunk. Dairy, income. Vegan police! Vegan police! <laughs> Todd Ingram, you're under arrest for veganity violation. Code number 827. And a half and half. Oh, God Thomas damn. Jane. His ability to be totally authentic in the most ridiculous thing. It is so weird that we're going to get through all his goofy parts in all these movies and then see him as the Punisher. As the Punisher, As we're yeah, watching yeah. these as the TSPHC. I just... But I really kind of enjoy him more in, in these things. <laughs> he's good. As, he's fine as the Punisher. I mean, John Barenthal yeah. is the Punisher now, but... I love him in Arrested Development. When he shows up, he's... I'm Thomas Jane. Oh my God! I forgot that he shows up as him as a heightened as version himself. of himself. Yes. Doesn't Machio yeah. also do that? Or does he play mm-hmm. an actual character? Ralph Machio. Yeah, I thought he was on Arrested Development. I don't think so. I don't think he is. That I could be wrong. I thought he was. Who's Ralph Machio's fifty nine? He doesn't look bad for fifty nine. The haircut sucks. Yeah, it doesn't look good. <laughs> um, yeah, of, of the two, uh, William Zatka looks much it. better because he's also much younger. I, Billy's got to be in his early fifties. If you, I not. don't see him. I don't, he doesn't. He doesn't have a Arrested Development um, credit. You know what he was in as himself that was really funny. Did you ever watch Entourage? No. Oh, it, it, first of all, it's funny, uh, but he appears as himself there. He also appears funny. as himself in um, How I Met Your Mother. Does he really? Yes, they they make the perfect birthday party for Barney. And he's like, no, it's the other one. Why would I want to hang out with the villain? And he's like, I wasn't the villain in that movie. He goes, excuse me, you won with an illegal move. <laughs> like kind of starting <laughs> the joke that is now all the time in Cobra sure. Kai. And they, oh, they hire funny. this clown. For some reason, they hire a clown. And the clown's there the whole time. And then at the end, the clown starts, like, taking off his wig and wiping off the makeup. And it's fucking Billy Zapka. And it's been Billy Zapka the entire the episode. Oh, that's And you find out that's, that his ah. girlfriend was just fucking with him and really had this really amazing night planned for him. Wow. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's so cool. Uh, all right, de-veganized. He has no powers, uh, and now Scott can deliver the coup de gras. You once were a vegan, but now you will be gone. And Todd looks up. Vegan. <laughs> and Scott headbutts him. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he explodes into coins. This feels like a very realistic relationship despite the hyper-realism around it in, in these fantasy elements. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this fight, you know, Scott picks a fight with Ramona. Have you ever dated someone that wasn't a total ass? Well, so far you're not a total ass. But I'm part ass? If it makes you feel any better, you're the nicest guy I've dated. Wait, is that good? It's what I need right now. But not later? Scott. Scott should he have said, hey, I need to be away from you the rest of the night. Sure. We'll, we'll meet up. To, but instead, he stays in the fight, and it is... It's not good. It's not good at all. But that's a real relationship fight. That is a, you know, like the way that they, the way that he's going after her and, and, and it, it just struck me as like, oh, that's a really authentic relationship fight. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. Like, because they're pointing out their own faults, but then turning them into, you know, well, that's why we shouldn't be A dating. weapon against oh, the other. Yeah, God. yeah. And, you know, you got two really, really good actors uh, spouting this dialogue off. It's just, it's it's a great, but also a horrible scene. Yes, yes. Um, now, this is, in, they go to the after party. Uh-huh. Um, we continue this running joke what of. What did you do to make your ex-boyfriend so insane? Exes. Whatever. She's firm on that um, when Roxy shows up again. And as Scott finally gets it. Roxy? You know this girl? Oh, boy. Does she know me? What is she talking about? He really doesn't know. Wait. Hmm. You and her? He's saved from having to fight Roxy. Uh, Ramona steps in and she fights. And it's a great fight. Using Scott. Because it still you, well, has first to be she fights, yeah. her, First, she fights her, as herself. Mm-hmm. She's got the big sledgehammer. Uh, Roxy has, like, the sword belt. Yeah. And then after that, Scott's got to fight his own battle. But, yes, Ramona's literally, like, pulling his strings, standing behind him, yep. uh, punching. So as Scott gets his ass kicked by Roxy, mm-hmm. as she's about to give an axe kick on the prone Scott and finish him, Ramona says, The wing points the back of her knees. Wait, how does that work? Whenever we were making out, I would just... Okay, enough. And he just, it's just the barest, it's like the E.T. touch. Bink. And she proceeds to have an orgasm on the floor. (laughs) It's so uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, but they do a really good job. Like, there's nothing there inappropriate. Like, we know what's happening, but it's not, like, gratuitous or filthy in any way. By this point, uh, the bean had to go to bed. We had to stop and start a couple times. Yeah. Uh, if she had still been around for that scene, I, I, it would have gone right over her head. She wouldn't have, yeah. she wouldn't have yeah. known what was happening. But it's funny, and uh, that's it, enough to defeat her. <laughs> yep. So they, Scott and Ramona continue their argument. Maybe you could just give me a list of all your exes so that I can at least know who's going to beat my ass into the ground next. She gives him the list. Here's your stupid list. And we see that numbers five and six are the Katayanagi twins. <laughs> all right. And they're like bracketed together. And I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. A little non-traditional there. All right. Well, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, she was in uh, a lesbian relationship with, uh, now she was in a thruple. Well, she was by curious. Yeah, Roxy yeah. was by furious. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of that dialogue, I'm like, ooh, that's we're tiptoeing into inappropriate land. I, uh, you know what? I laugh, but I laugh at oh, every sure. single I, one I, of them. I laugh at it, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, like it, her being so like it was college. It was a phase. It was. I'm like, hi, yeah. hi. hi, hi. <laughs> But you know what that is? Don't be like, that embarrassed. I feel like they know where I know. I feel like Edgar Wright knows where too much is, and mm-hmm. he comes up to the line, but he yep. never steps over. That's what I'm saying. That we we tiptoe, yep. and like you also have to look at it as it was 2010. If that if those lines were in a 2020 or even a 2019 film or TV show, we'd all be like, oh boy, we're past that. Ten sure, years ago, sure, sure. We, were, we were still just kind of using that as a joke. Yeah, that's that's fair. Again, yeah. That's, that's so Scott goes home agreed. dejected. Wallace is like, If you want something bad, you have to fight for it. Step up your game, Scott. Break out the L word. Lesbian? The other L word. Lesbians? It's love, Scott. I wasn't trying to trick you. <laughs> <laughs> and again, Michael Sarah's like deadpan delivery. Lesbians? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it. I, 
Brilliant. Um, so the Battle of the Bands, it's going to be an amp versus amp battle. Yes, it is. So both both Sex bob and the Kata Yanagi twins are going to take the stages at the same time, opposite ends of the room, amp versus amp. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be so good. Now, Ramona has showed up at the gig, but she is there with Gideon. Mm. Yikes. And we realize that G-Man, this big music producer, is the Gideon who is the mastermind of Ramona's evil exes. Played by a Coppola. Jason Schwartzman? Is a Coppola. He's a co- married into the family? Or he's a cousin of the Coppolas. He is? Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of the Coppola clan. He, I mean... He, I so think he's, he's Sophia's the- cousin. Okay. Okay. Oh, I, oh, I never knew that. They're about the same age. Schwartzman's what? Thirty. Oh. Oh wait. Oh, yeah. He's Talia Shire's son. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. His father is film producer Jack Schwartzman. And oh, Talia I, Shire is. It's Adrian. No, no, I know that. But how is he, how is she related to Francis that Ford? Francis Ford Coppola's uh, sister. Sister. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So Francis Ford Coppola is his uncle. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So yeah. I, so yeah. Sophia Coppola is her co- is, is his cousin. Yeah. His cousin. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's one he, of those ones that didn't want to like Nicolas Cage. Didn't want to make it with the name. Yeah. 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 He he's one of those performers. Also, Jason Coppola just doesn't. It doesn't sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't right. roll off the tongue very well. No. But anytime he shows up, I know it's going to be something interesting. Yeah. He doesn't always click for me, but I'm never bored by him. He, Yeah, he's always making bold choices, and I don't yes. always agree with them, but I'll give yeah. him kudo, kudos for uh, actually giving you know bold choices every time. Very much like Nicolas Cage. Sure. Right? Like, yeah. Well, he, very he, much like Francis Ford Coppola. Sure, Francis Ford Coppola's right, directing right. style was always very bold. Sometimes it works. Sometimes we're like, maybe you should go back to making wine. <laughs> the Battle of the Bands starts... Um, the twins take the stage, and they are very much, they're like, you know, a pair of DJs. They're like, Daft Punk. Daft they're Punk, totally yeah. supposed to be Daft Punk without the masks. Right. So they start their music. Uh, these dragons animate <laughs> and blow Sex Balaam off the stage. But the band rallies. They get back up. Their music forms a gorilla. And we get the, you know, a theme that we see throughout the movie, like the Street Fighter style mm-hmm. 2D f- scrolling fighting game versus. So you got the grill on the on the left, the twin dragons on the right. Yeah, and Sex Bob-omb, uh destroys them. Sure does. Sure does. Scott goes to uh, win back Ramona because Ramona has been hanging out with Gideon. He yep. says, "I'm in lesbian with you." <laughs> That's right. And she says that they have to break up. Uh-huh. And I, I love the the button on this scene with them driving away. He goes, I said lesbians. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, and you know, Gideon is, he's smarmy. He loves the band. He offers them a three-record contract even before the finals, right? Oh, like my God, yeah. Um, and, of course, Scott will not sacrifice his integrity. The band is literally already signing a contract on his back. And um, even if Scott won't go, young Neil knows his parts. Absolutely. Sex bob is signed. Scott is alone. So we see Scott walking alone in the dark as the Ramona song 
is played, but it's clearly improved on. It's yep. not Michael Sarah singing it, and there's other lyrics than Ramona. And somebody fucking tuned their guitar. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Stacy's talking to him. She asks, Was she really the one? I mean, did you really see a future with this girl? Like, this jetpacks? Time heals all wounds, little brother. Maybe next time we don't date the girl with 11 evil ex-boyfriends. Seven. Oh, that's not that bad. He gets home. Wallace is kicking him out. I'm going to need my own bed tonight. It's for sex. Right. I may need it for the rest of the week, too. Right. And the year. I get it. The phone rings, and it's Gideon. I think he's gloating. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's for Scott. Hello? Hey, pal. I just want to say I feel terrible about earlier. I don't want any hard feelings. So I figured, why not be the bigger man and just give you a call? Is Ramona with you? I don't know. Are you with me? Yeah. Jeez, buddy, it's gonna be all right. No, I just spilled hot cocoa on my crotch. <laughs> Wallace has told him he's got to go after her, so he laces up his shoes, pauses to tie the sneaker, and then charges out into battle. Scott goes down to the Chaos Theater, which is Gideon's new club. Sex Babam is playing the opening, so there's the two layers of passwords. Really funny. Yeah, password. Isn't the second one literally like, ugh? Yes. And the second, yeah, and the second, like I said, the second gatekeeper, uh, the one who actually asks him for the password is Ragman. Got it, got it. Okay. He goes in, he calls out Gideon. He tells Gideon that he. Because I'm in love with him. And he gets Mm -hmm. a sword. Scott earned the power of love. Weird that it just appears in his chest. It's a very odd way for that sword to appear. It's from I'm his sure heart. I'm sure there's some... It's from his heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's love. Um, so Gideon cues Sex bob We are Sex bob We are here to make money and sell out and stuff. And they start playing as Gideon's minions attack. A lot of action from here to the end. How do we want to talk about this? I don't know that we need to go, like, fight, you know, beat by beat in the fight, but we tell the story of the fight. He defeats all the uh, henchmen, and then they face off. Uh, Is this when he makes the 16-bit or the 32-bit sword, or is it the second time they fight? It's the second time. What does he have the first time? It's a sword, but it's, uh, I don't remember if there was a label on that. Um, Right, because the second one is is like a a low-res lightsaber, almost. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an 8-bit. Yeah, so they fight. Scott is defeated. Mm-hmm. But right before they started fighting, Scott had grabbed a, a one-up. That was actually when he beat the Kati Yanagi twins. He got a life, and he grabs the one-up there, yeah. Which is the exact same gimmick as Ready Player One. Oh, 100%. So, actually, I was wondering. Done much better in this film now. Yeah. You know, it's better in the book. Have you read the book of Ready Player One? The, the book no. is better than the movie. Um, well, that's a pretty low bar. Yeah. Oh. I did not enjoy that movie. Yeah. No, you're not. Listen, you're not wrong. Um, when was that? When was that book? I, I actually had that thought today. And I was trying to... Who stole it from whom? Yeah. Like, which one came first? Uh, so, so Scott is killed. He is... Uh, it, 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 the movie suddenly becomes Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. <laughs> He's in the afterlife. Totally Someone did. comes to visit him. He's like, yeah, you're dead. That's right. But you don't have to be. <laughs> That's right. 
Spoilers for uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly yeah. Hallows. <laughs> uh, so, Ready Player One came out in 2011. Oh. So, stole from this. Yeah. Uh, so, he, he is revived, but he's revived all the way back to uh, the beginning of the challenge, pretty much. Just like a, just mm-hmm. like a restart. Um, and he... He's got he's to play the level over. Yeah, and he goes through it all. Kind of like he, Edge of Tomorrow. Instead of the... Um, Instead of the passwords, he just bunches all the uh, gatekeepers this time around. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And this time is. I want to fight you for me. Scattering the power of self-respect. Uh, they fight. Knives shows up uh, both times. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and she's there to attack. Ramona. She's there to kill Ramona. Yeah. She's yeah. Um, so after Scott defeats Gideon, he's calling out like knives. I know you're in here. Don't attack. And then she, of course, jumps in. Scott, I mean, the character, you know, his arc of redemption, right? This fat ass hurt me. You know, we'll have my revenge. No knives. I hurt you. I cheated on you. I cheated on both of you. I'm really sorry. And and this is where, you know, Scott has kind of learned his lesson. He grows. Yeah. Um, so Gideon pops back up and he starts to get the upper hand until knives intercedes. And now it's. Scott and knives against Gideon. Ramona's watching powerless because she. We find out she has a uh, chip in the back of her neck that that's right makes her do whatever um, Gideon wants. She's literally helpless against him. Yeah, knives and Scott fighting style is very much like the ninja game they were playing at the beginning. Uh, they defeat Gideon, but then bonus level Mega Scott. And that was in the video game, the dance right. game they were playing earlier. The he Mega Ninja mm. is the one that uh, Michael could, or that uh, Scott could never defeat. Yeah. Now, did you ever watch the Fairly Odd Parents? Oh yeah. The Crimson Chin. Yes. Have you ever seen the Nega Chin? No, I don't remember that. <sighs> what What sounds a lot like Nega? <gasps> You should probably look it up. It is one hundred and ten. Just go on to um, YouTube and type in "fairly odd parents negachin." You will hear it, and it is one thousand percent the N word chin. I don't know how the fuck it got by everyone to be to air. Right? There's no other way to, like, the voice director should be like, hey, can you make that more of a eh sound that you're saying? Yeah, can you really accent the E? (laughs) Make it a long E and not a... So, yeah, when when they said, nega, Scott, I went, good job not saying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Then we cut to Ramona and Knives are standing outside in front of the club, and they're talking. As Scott and Nega Scott stroll out and they're talking. Incredible French toast with like bananas on it. You get bacon on the side. I'm liking that, yeah. Oh, well, let's do it next week. Yeah, that seems cool. Yeah, all right. Be good. Yeah. Hey. What happened? Oh, nothing. We just shot the shit. He's, he's, he's just a really nice guy. We're going to get brunch next week. Which I loved. I loved because you have to defeat yourself by caring for yourself. That's right. That's right. If you're at war with yourself, I mean, it's you know, you got to love your. You're not your. You're not your no, enemy, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, you, I loved it. Yeah. I loved. That's I right. loved it. It was so good. Ramona leaves because she's like, "I'm bad news." And Knives is like, "You should go f- 
follow her. This is different than the original ending that they filmed. The original ending was yes. not um, Knives and Scott back together. I'm kind of okay that he didn't end up with the 17-year-old. Yep. Scott and Ramona are walking again towards her apartment door as some song plays. I can't remember. Mm, yeah, I don't. I can't remember. And, and movie. That was a uh, lot of fun. That's such a fun movie. It, I really, I'm so glad that this is going to be our first uh, crossover with all the rest yeah, of the night shift. Yeah, most of the rest of the night shift radio. Again, apologies to Sorry, Andrea. Andrea. And so, Sarah. Andrea, listen, rain check. Andrea, come join us on an episode of of our podcast. Yeah, I mean, poor poor Todd's going to have to deal with two ADHD people trying yeah. to discuss <laughs> a movie. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. So, Casey, we've got some questions now that we've watched a movie. We sure fucking do. Yeah. Um, hey, Scott. Uh, hey, Scott. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, Todd. Yeah. Who's your favorite character? I mean, listen, Michael, Sarah, and Scott is everything we need the protagonist to be. But I mm-hmm. kind of love, like, we didn't talk about Wallace stealing Stacy's boyfriend I, I kind of love the humor of Wall, the dark humor of Wallace. Like not, not even stealing Stacy's boyfriend in a subtle way. Right. She literally is paying attention to the fight, <laughs> and right. she turns and Wallace and and uh, what does she say? Well, what's his name? Uh, that's um, other Scott. No, no, or no, no, it's not other. No, no. Uh, um. Oh yeah. Whatever his name is, she goes, not again. <laughs> not again. That's right. So th- w- this isn't the first time Wallace has done that. Yeah. Um, but but that said, I could I oh, could be fine wait. with. Oh, no. I I read it as that the boyfriend had made out with boys again. I think she calls out the boyfriend's name. No. No, Wallace. No, it's Wallace. Not again. Oh, my God. You're right. Because oh, so Wallace has, has a tendency to steal Stacey's boyfriends? Yes. That's yes. no. Yes, because no. we see multiple guys in Wallace's bed. And he... At one, Sometimes and, multiple guys in his bed at a time. That's right. Wallace that's is right. a fucking player. Yeah, well, Good for him. That's right. Um, so for me, it's Wallace, but I wouldn't be upset with any... Again, there's no weak spots in the cast. So uh, who's yours? Stacy Pilgrim. Oh sure, sure. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know what I like? Stacy and Julie mm-hmm. are. If the movie was not done as well, those could be like, why do you need two different characters? They're different characters, and they're carved out. Differently. And if you and if you don't have Edgar Wright, they could become a very obnoxious very quickly. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and become shrill, obnoxious. Uh, you know, um, harpies, almost harpies, sexist women characters. Yeah. yeah, and they're not. No, yeah, well done. No, not at all, and that's fantastic. Casey, what is the best <clears throat> scene? It's one of the fights with the seven deadly exes. Evil exes. Evil exes. <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Todd. Todd's fight, yeah, yeah, it's so fun. So the and I think this is the strength of the movie. They're all fun. Uh huh. I I like that one, but I could have just as easily picked another one. Um, I you know I like Chris Evans is is 
funny in this as the you know i think my my problem with the chris evans lucas lee fight is that it's over too quick oh yeah it seems like they only had chris for a certain amount of time so they're just like okay this is all we're gonna be able to shoot we're gonna have to cut this fight short i just i don't know well i think that's one of the strengths of the movie this movie the pacing so it's almost two hours it's an hour 52 but Uh it 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 never feels never an hour 52 yeah, but, okay. Uh, uh, and on the other side of that, it is never like, holy shit, this movie needs to slow down. It's beautifully paced. It's, it's really beautifully well paced. So, um, yeah, so for me, it's I'm happy with that fight scene. I'm happy with all of them, which is a great segue to the next question. Um, yeah. Todd, what scene would I, you cut? I mean, you know, it, so... If, you, if you're about to say some of the times when he's walking sad... Like that happens a lot, but again, it never, nothing ever feels like it stays too long. There's nothing I would cut in this movie. Um, I wouldn't cut anything either, but I would change, and I just thought of this. Mm-hmm. I would have it be not Scott dating a 17 year old, Scott dating <laughs> a high schooler. Well, she's 18. Is she still in high school? Yes. Well, <laughs> you know, that it's, it's not so much that she's 17, uh-huh. that she's still in high school. Okay. Like, the 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 stigma is there, and it's it's still creepy, but it's a little less creepy because she's eighteen. So I think it's funny. So how do you feel about the humor? Because this is another running joke in Pineapple Express. Seth Rogen's dating a high schooler, <laughs> and I think I think they specifically yeah, say. Do you that, remember who that high schooler is? I do not. It's Amber Heard. Is it really? So maybe we shouldn't have this conversation because she's kind of a garbage person. Well, yeah. Well, listen, it's fu- the movie's you. funny and the character's oh, funny. Oh, uh, this was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, um, hey, you again, someone said I sound like fucking Seth Rogen. Really? Motherfucker. Wow. I was dropping off a tank, in, uh, and the guy's like, do you know who you sound I'm like? Seth Rogen. He goes, yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't know what you guys hear. But I don't think I sound like Seth Rogen. I don't, I've never thought that, for what it's worth. In the, aye, aye, aye. In the hundreds of hours of, uh, of <laughs> Listening uh, podcasting. To a dumb voice. Yeah. Um, hey, Casey, who is the actor having the most fun? Oh, oh, I uh, Take any of the seven evil exes. Yeah. But it's got to be Jason Schwartzman. He's having the most fun. Oh, see, I think it's Chris Evans. But but I see I see what you're saying. I mm-hmm. think you could also say I... I you could would, also say the, the actor playing Matthew Patel. You could I, say any of them. My expectation is that if, if you were to go talk to any of the actors in this movie, this movie seems like it must have been a great place to work, right? Like one of those experiences where everyone's like, we loved it. Like we loved the vibe, everything. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like I just saw a tweet that says that it, it, somebody, some reviewer got to see the first three episodes of, um, WandaVision. Yeah. So they've seen a third of the show. Right. Fucker. Um, and they say, you know, Marvel is back. But uh, the big takeaway is that it seems like everyone had a lot of fun making this. I'm like, that's... That's awesome. I hate... Even the best movies, if I hear that the cast had a terrible time making it, it really stings it for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to ignore that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. what's the IMDb score for this 
badass motherfucking movie again? 7.5. Dude, boy, that is way... I'm going to put this 9.3. Yeah. I was thinking 9.5, but yeah, it's it's in the nines. It's a it's in the nines, 100%. Yeah. The the only way I think you would not enjoy this. So, my father doesn't like like the 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 People. fantastical <laughs> elements. Yeah, they do. The fantastical <laughs> elements of that would be a huge turnoff for my father. If you're somebody that doesn't like that, then you're not going to yeah. like this movie. And like I said at the beginning, you know, you get hints of it, but when Matthew Patel shows up, if that turns you off, yeah. stop watching the movie. It's go. not going to get any less That's right. uh, extreme than that. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. Um, so we, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, Dad's breakdown, watch it with the kids. If if the bean didn't hate everything that I like right now, as <laughs> as is her preteen want, um, I think she might have enjoyed this. But sure. the, the instant I say I like something, she's just like, <sighs> except for the good place. We made it through the good place. Yay, yay, good. Um, yeah, I think you know. Again, like even the the orgasm for Roxy, that's not you know if your kid's too young to get it, they're not going to get it. It's and that's fine that they and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's PG 13. I think, yeah, visually there's a lot to love here. I think this is a movie that, you know, a kid who had the slightest interest in, in silly superhero stories would enjoy this. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. It was. And now it's time to pick the next movie from Thor's helmet. Oh, Casey. I'm scared because we just did a good movie. That means we may get a bad one. Well, the, yeah, but remember, we came out of Toxic Avenger. I mean, oh, don't, don't. Oh, all right. I have a slip in my okay. Hand. Please be good. Please be good. Please be good. Never mind. Let me try it again. That was Condor Man. Oh, Condor I Man. I forgot to take it out from last year. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> all right. I, I have a piece of paper in my hand. Oh no! Oh no! D- <gasps> DCEU, we're watching Suicide Squad. Oh, oh! I hate everything right now, Casey. I feel like oh how oh. <laughs> you remember what we said, right? You, you we were going to get a beer for this because I'm drinking hard fucking liquor to get through this shit. Oh. Oh, that's so good. That's so I am good. I'm actually angry right now. <laughs> and you pulled, listen, I'm just happy that you pulled that and not me. <laughs> hey, Casey, let's go watch a trailer. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the real life? Let me have you, Donald, please. Let me have you, brother. Is this just fantasy? Come on. Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. I want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet. They're bad guys. Worst of the worst. Too late. Open the gate! My time has come. Since you was down my spine. Was this a cheerleading trials? Hi, boys. Deadshot. Guy shoots people. He's a crocodile. And he eats people. Burns people. You're possessed by a witch. And she's just crazy. What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? 
sorry. The voices. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not what they really said. This is the deal. You're going somewhere very bad. Whoa. Do something that'll get you killed. It's gonna save the world. I can't wait to show you my toys. Let's do something fun. wrong with you people we're bad guys it's what we do oh so hey so that trailer makes it look like it's gonna be a really good movie spoiler alert it's not oh my okay well here here here's what it's been since it came out on video because I watched it again and be like, maybe I was wrong about this. I was not. This is a bad movie. Yeah. Um here's what I remember really liking. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Hundred percent yes. Will Smith. Hundred percent yes. And scene. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. No, no, you know what? I like um oh fuck, what's his name? The the security guard at the prison. Yes. Yes. His yep. brothers on Superstore. Oh man, what's his name? Yeah, he's in Ike Barinholtz. Yes, he's hilarious. <clears throat> he's fantastic too. I uh, no, there there's good actors in it. It really is uh, we'll get into it the, the next time, but the it's the plot, third act that makes the plot me want to hot garbage. Hot punch myself garbage. in the fucking face. It's I'm surprised at how dumb that plot is that that movie got made. That's that's to me like the plot itself is so dumb. It, and, the, and, and unfortunately, it, it's well executed. What they do, if you, the, the, the is it? Y- yes, yes. The problem <laughs> is the plot is is one of the dumbest movies in recent history. Here, here's here's, and here's the crazy thing. So many people are, uh, you know, we had the people who were release a Snyder cut, and we are getting that, and it looks like it's going to be great. Yeah. So many people are like release the air cut. I'm like, no. Don't release the air cut because he, he, it wasn't like someone else took over the movie and ruined it. Josh sure. Whedon, Ayer just shit his own movie up. It just well, see. So I'm listen. I'll tell. So I enjoy the movie, but the plot makes no sense. It's one of those central questions: Why did this person do this? This whole mm-hmm. thing that we're in is because of a ridiculous choice. Not even a dumb choice. It's ridiculous. But, but let's not forget uh, Cara Delevingne's Enchantress dancing. Listen, I'm I'm okay. No, <laughs> no. she's a little dirty. I'll, I'll get dirty. That's all right. Gross. Uh, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> all right. So, listen, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that next time, and then I think coming up on the heels of that will probably be my birthday poll. 
hey, at least you're not going to pull this for I'm, your birthday, you I'm totally not. Yeah. All oh. right, so where does that put us after uh, this for DCEU? Wonder Woman. closer we did. Is that what's after this? Yeah, after Suicide Squad's Wonder Woman. Is it Wonder Woman? Mm, hello, gal. Gal Gadot. Gal you Gadot. are wonderful. She's so oh, fucking good. Casey. Is that, yeah. wait, is that what's next? Hang on, I'm looking. Yeah. I'm fucking looking. You are absolutely right. We've got Suicide Squad, uh, then Justice League. So we're gonna oh, do the Snyder Cut, right? Yeah, yeah. Wonder it'll be Woman. Out by the, Suicide hopefully. Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice okay. League. Yeah, we may need to do Justice League as two movies or two episodes because it's a four-hour-long movie on its own. Oh, oh, because you're saying that we'll really we'll do the Snyder Cut. Yeah, the yeah. Snyder Cut four hours. That's a lot to unpack in yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Because they're not even release. They're releasing it in parts, aren't they? No, oh, I, I think thought, it's going to be released. I thought as one, they were going to release it as a series. No, because it's getting a theatrical release also. Oh, so four so hours. It is oh fuck. Four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. That's, that's when we that's, get there. That's we'll, Lord of the Rings level. That's got to be a two parter. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> Um, so Casey, people may have their own opinions about <laughs> Scott Pilgrim or Suicide Squad or anything else we've talked about. If they yeah. did, how would they mm-hmm. go about getting in touch with us? You can go to our Twitter for the podcast, which is TSPHC Tweets. You can also find Instagram uh, pictures of all the beers that we drink at Superpod HeroCast. Uh, you can also email us at superpodherocast at gmail.com because only Cap writes letters. Tony. So, Todd, that was a movie. That was a movie. Um, you know, it, it's a movie with pictures, but there's also sound. And we would not sound nearly as good without the masterful work of the resident audio genius and host from Night Shift Radio, our very own Kitsy. Kitsy mm-hmm. is a musician, audio engineer, podcast host, uh, makes us sound as wonderful as we do. Go check out all of Kitsy's work at kitsy.com, K-I-T-Z-Y. Now, music yeah. music for the episode comes to us from a couple places. Our theme song is Kevin McLeod's Take a Chance. He puts out a variety of music at his website, which is incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. You can find his music at silvermansound.com. That uh, TSPHC Army is called a wonderful uh, segue. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Because I forgot what came next. And it's like, oh, I'll just say that's a movie. And yeah. you just popped right in there. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so, oh, God, next time. Hey, it's a good thing that uh, Joel and Carissa won't be around. That's right. They're going to be That's on right. there because we're not going to need beer. I'm just going to drink tequila. <laughs> so that'll do it for the Super Pod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator, Danny Ryan. Be, be heroic. heroic. <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> His ability to be funny playing dry it funny yeah like it reminds me of like um michael bateman or yeah michael bateman like um nope uh, you know who it reminds me of it reminds me of um 
Jason Bateman. Jason Bate. Michael's brother, Jason. Yeah. Mike. Oh, because Michael is from Arrested Development. Oh, my God. <laughs> Try it one more yeah. time. So you showed Joe. T2. Gamer Joe. Gamer Joe. That's right. T2. We, we watched Terminator a month or two ago, and Joe liked it. So for oh interesting yeah 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 so okay f- Joe first was a so we watched Bloodsport earlier last year oh. a while ago oh, no. and Joe loved it and I was like oh, oh. No. I was like listen there's a lot to love in eighties action movies but Jean Claude Van Damme should only be Is enjoyed ironically <laughs> yeah <laughs> right oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so Bloodsport we got to. Laugh at the uh, Kumite, 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 Kumite. So I'd been talking about Arnold, so we watched The Terminator, and he loved it. And I was like, Joe, listen, we got to watch T2. It's, in my opinion, one of the best science fiction movies of all time. And I would argue sure. his, certainly Arnold's best, his second best movie. We watched his best action movie last night. True Lies. Predator. Oh, you went with True Lies. Yes. Joseph did not. He was like, eh. You know, he didn't care about the relation of relationship between Harry and Helen. And that's the whole soul Uh of the movie. I'm like, he's 14. He doesn't get it. Um, give crap. Aubrey Aubrey and I were loving it. And at the end, he's like, eh. Such a good movie. So I think we're going to watch Predator next. Would a spy piss himself? Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I was oh. like, "How do you not love this? It's great." But then I'm like, well, "He oh, doesn't know Bill Paxton. He doesn't know Bill Paxton. He doesn't know uh, um, Chet from real from uh, real science. Real genius. Oh no, yeah, weird, real si- weird science. Si- weird science. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so that was fun. Um, so I saw Terminator Two before I saw Terminator. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because my parents were like, no, this is for some reason, if it was more action y, they were okay with it. Like Terminator has a tendency to be lumped into semi horror. I, I can see like that. He's you know, the monster it, chasing them. Yeah, it, it's certainly yeah, so there's that element. And it's certainly yeah, yeah. yeah I think the the much lower budget like yeah. has more of that mm-hmm. kind of thriller feel because he didn't have CGI and big explosions or as many. And actually I saw Aliens before I saw Alien. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know that I've ever seen, I don't know that I've ever sat down and watched Alien start to finish. Oh, it's, it's good. It's good. I have, a, you know what? Uh, next time we uh, trade beers, yeah. I have the director's cut. Ooh, oh, I would like to see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, well, and you know, we got, you got your Ian home. You got your uh, Sigourney Weaver. Well, my, my thought was, uh, I was thinking of showing Joe Aliens, but then I was like, I feel like you got to see the first one first. Eh, maybe not. Didn't bother me. Here's the problem. If you open that up and then he finds out that there's Alien uh, Cubed yeah. and um, <laughs> yeah. Alien Resurrection and then Alien versus Predator. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so Don't. that's, yeah. All right. So let me, I'm going to hold on Alien. Definitely watching Predator with him. But Joe now really loves, like, now he loves Arnold. Arnold is his guy. So I'm thinking, if now that he's seen enough of the action there, I think I might also go to Twins. 
It, sure. And of course, kindergarten, kindergarten cop. cop. Of course, yeah. So <laughs> it's not the Duma. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh my god, it, it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, um, oh, what was what's another really good Arnold movie from that time period that I'm thinking of? Um, uh, Commando. I mean, so so bad no, it's good. No, of course, no. Commando. <sighs> is it? <laughs> or is it just bad? Well, yeah. I mean. It's is pretty bad. Uh, um, no, shit. What was it? There's another Arnold movie Running in Man? there. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rip out your throat <laughs> and shove it down your... Yeah. Oh, just going to rip out your spine and shove it down your goddamn throat. Yeah. 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 So who knows? That could... Uh, we could get there as well. So that'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. 